You're listening to the Honors Podcast, Agents of Change. My name is Mukun Desi Butla. I'm a double major in physiology and neurobiology and Spanish. I'm here with my co-host, Vinayak. Hello, everybody. This is Vinayak Mishra. Um, I'm a junior studying molecular and cell biology with a minor in Spanish. And we're today we have a super special guest. Yes, we do. Uh, today we are very excited to welcome... Uh, Jacob, a sophomore here. Uh, Jacob is involved in STEM Talk magazine, which is an entirely student-run club here at UConn, uh, and it is actually the only STEM magazine on campus. Jacob has been involved in research uh, in coral reef bleaching uh, in high school, and I just wanted to um, ask Jacob, could you expand a little bit on both your research from high school and how that translated into your work in STEM magazine? Of course. Um, so uh, back in junior year of high school, I was given the opportunity to work on this research project. I was just told the constraints are, it just has to be research. It can be on anything you want. And I've always just had a passion for underwater, especially coral. It's always fascinated me. And not many people know much about coral. Um, and one thing that was very upsetting to me is how much of the coral, especially in the Great Barrier Reef, is bleached today. And it's the numbers of the percentage of bleached corals are like it's just going up and up. And so through my research, I wanted to see if oxybenzone, which is a chemical commonly found in um, sunscreen, such as banana boat, like for example, if you buy just CVS sunscreen, you know, right. just the cheapest one you can get, it mm -hmm. has oxybenzone in it. And what most people don't know about this chemical is one drop of it in an Olympic-sized swimming pool. Now anyone who touches that water will just die. It's that toxic. And really? so if like women who have used sunscreen with oxybenzone have been known to give birth to um, children with birth defects, and it's just not a good chemical, and very few people know that it's just in our you know, sunscreen. Right. I'm sure most people listening probably has, they probably have it in their sunscreen if they look. Um, and so what I wanted to do is I wanted to see, does this chemical speed up coral bleaching? So what I did was I, to mimic how many people are putting oxybenzone into the ocean, what I wanted to do was analyze how many tourists come to Australia mm -hmm. each year. And obviously the numbers have been increasing over the years right. and see how that's affected the rates of coral. And I found that every year as more and more people go into the ocean, more and more sunscreen on them, they, uh, the coral is in fact bleaching faster. And my studies ended up showing that 100% of the coral reef will most likely be bleached by 2029, which is very upsetting. Really? So in like in about ten nine years now almost, all of the all of it is gonna be bleached. And it and um would you say that's like horrible for uh the ecosystem? I know like uh, like I don't know I actually know how important like the coral reef is to like um I don't know, animal life, aquatics I guess. So. Yeah, so the coral reef is home to millions of animals or fish, different mm -hmm. types of species underwater. Coral is also used for medicine, such as with heart disease, uh, Alzheimer's, stuff like that. It's like it's really a very important thing, and people are just letting it get bleached right now. And mm -hmm. if people just keep wearing the sunscreen with oxybenzone into the oceans, it's only going to get worse. And they're also very just unaware of that, unaware that like that's actually affecting such yeah. a large part of our earth. Definitely, uh, I made sure to tell everyone I know. <laughs> because very like no one knows, right. and there's not much online about it. 
And so, and I don't picture most people researching what speeds up coral bleaching and how can I stop it when mm -hmm. they go to the beach on vacation. Right. Um, so, yeah. I, wow, I your, your research in uh, coral ble uh, bleaching, it's very shocking. And I'm actually um, very surprised that um, I myself never heard about this until you yes. spoke about it. And that that is a scary thought. 2029, 100% of the coral reefs uh, being completely bleached. That is uh, really upsetting news. And I think it is really amazing that um, you were able to explore this and that at least that sparked your passion. Mm -hmm. And I believe you wrote a paper about it and that was the culminating um, piece of your project from high school and yes. you published it in STEM Talk magazine. I just wanted uh, to ask you, how did your involvement in STEM Talk help you reframe and rewire that paper? And how has that impacted your progress um, in your research? Of course. So um, when I first got to UConn as a freshman, I really wanted to continue this research on coral bleaching. But immediately I had the problem of if you want to do research most of the time with stuff that involves marine life, underwater stuff, which would include coral, mm -hmm. um, you have to be doing it at Avery Point since it's right on the water. Right. And the store's campus doesn't have the resources for that. So I went to the involvement fair to see maybe there was something I could do to continue this research. And I found STEM Talk, which, like you said, is a completely student-run, only STEM magazine on campus. And so I figured what better way to continue my research than to write up er, and edit and revise my research paper, uh, make it a little more comprehensible for people who don't know the terms involved. And uh, yeah, and I ended up publishing it and it made the front cover of the magazine, which was awesome. Yeah, I think it's um, also super cool how uh, you really got involved in this as a uh, junior, you said? Yeah, junior in high school. Junior in high school, which uh, a lot of students at that level aren't really like thinking about pro uh, research projects or know about things that you were able to research. Um, and you've been trying to like advocate for like this coral reef breaching um, ever since. Um, I guess my own, uh, question would be what, uh, I guess what are like the benefits that you've gotten from uh, the STEM Talk magazine? And like uh, how has like how has it become like an outlet for you to be able to uh, explore the research that like uh, since it's like nearly impossible to do that type of research at UConn stores, um, how has that allowed you to kind of um, be involved in like what you were interested in high school? Uh, yeah, so I really just wanted a platform where I could like express this stuff that I'd learned, show it to as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, the magazine's free for anyone listening. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely pick up a copy if you ever see it. Right. Um, and yeah, so I really just wanted to find a way to advocate to as many people as possible while also just being able to continue doing the thing I enjoy, mm -hmm. which is like researching this, learning about this. Um, and through STEM Talk, I met so many people who just love STEM. Um, it's a great way to meet just very nice people who have an interest in this stuff. And so, yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh, you also mentioned to me earlier that uh, one of uh, the photographers on STEM Talk that you connected with last year studied abroad in Australia, went to um, the Great Barrier Reef and took pictures which were featured on the front page of STEM Talk along with your article. Uh, do you, uh, what was what was that like at least, uh, being able to connect with someone and at least you had this piece of writing from high school and you were able to completely redesign it with 
pictures straight from Australia. How 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 did that impact um, how you viewed your research? Uh, it was it was really incredible because um, you know obviously I haven't been to Australia in order to look at this stuff. It's all mostly been just doing research in Connecticut, using a lot of online papers, resources, um, reaching out to people who, whether they live in Australia or do research in Australia. Um, so it was just, it was really cool to see that someone I knew was able to like take pictures of this stuff. And it's, it's heartbreaking to see the pictures just like anytime you see coral, that's just like ghostly white, it means it's bleached. Um, and so what bleaching is, is it's the zooanthellae is, um, it, leaves the coral skeleton and once it leaves the coral skeleton which it can be due to either an increase in temperature and water mm. even a 0.5 degree increase in ocean water uh, temperature results in bleaching and along with oxybenzone too this chemical that's found in sunscreen um, but it, it was very nice to be able to have this picture that I know someone I knew took rather than just using some picture from the internet I felt it made it a lot more impactful and it made me feel a lot more um, made me feel a lot more um i don't know what like it was a lot more well, impacted and yeah. kind, of, kind of um you, you were it was more reactionary Definitely. and you were able to uh use that to at least find a better connection with the research from right. high school i guess that's a good way to put it exactly and also try to like reach out to other people as well like me and mukun here didn't like really know much about it and obviously because you're here right now we're we're also aware of this, and I know everybody that has read the magazine is probably also aware of it now, uh, which is super cool. Um, and you did say that you are a journalist for this, uh, for the club. Um, yes. I guess how has you, you being a journalist, kind of helped you in not just uh, getting this word out there, but also um, kind of like your ex- with your other experiences on campus, such such as like, like maybe like classes you've taken or other experiences. Yeah. So, um, being able to just so. Being an engineering major, computer science especially, I'm, I haven't been asked to write an essay for any of my classes yet. Right. So it's a great way to just stay like keen with writing, make mm-hmm. sure I'm still able to put my thoughts down onto paper. And it actually uh, got me an internship over the summer just from this article. Um, I was interviewing and it was going okay. And then when I told them about this article, they immediately wanted me to send it to them, um, and they looked at it, and they were so impressed by it, they sent it out to the entire company, and um, I ended up getting hired for it, which was awesome. So that's, that's, that's absolutely definitely. amazing. Congratulations. I uh, I think it, it's definitely tough. That you, you mentioned an, a hindrance. Uh, after high school, you participated in this very extensive research, and then once you got to campus, you basically were not allowed the resources. You, you Avery Point is is a whole. It's another another campus right. location. So uh, there was no other way, um, at least at that point in time, to channel um, your research as uh, uh, aside from STEM talk and all of that. The 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 whole experience, the the research on coral bleaching from high school, plus the connections and reframing and the article from stem talk magazine really um i would say it it made you a um, well-rounded candidate and that's really amazing that you're able to participate in all of these other um, opportunities because of everything that's built up to this point what is really interesting to me is that you're a computer science major and i just i was just wondering what what at least what drew you to that as your major and how would you say um, 
how would you um, frame the last year and a half in college being passionate uh, about research that is in a completely different STEM field than right. your major? And then also being a journalist for a, a like a magazine, you know, like and being a computer science major, those like those kind of like never collide. But here you are, you know, so. Um, so when I first got to UConn, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to major in. I had never coded in the past, but it seemed like a very interesting major for me. Like right. It seemed like a really cool resource to have to be able to make your own programs, maybe make your own apps, just whatever you like, can imagine to put down into code right. and see it become like a reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, I really do love um, the research for marine life and coral and stuff like that, which is why I did STEM talk because I wanted to continue with it. And although I didn't necessarily want to major in marine studies, marine biology, anything like that, um, STEM talk has allowed me to just be able to stick with some of the things I really care about while also being able to focus on what I'd like to do in the future, which is uh, computer science. That that is that is truly phenomenal, and I, I think that you're definitely on the right track. Um, and at least, uh, well, something that's really hard being an incoming student in college is trying to find your niche. And I think right. UConn has just done an excellent job of being a, just a camp. There are obviously locations that, like for example, you weren't able to set up something with Avery Point. Does that mean that in the future you won't be able to? No, I, I think. Mm-hmm. And you've you've uh, also mentioned that you're open to. Um, connecting with Avery Point and possibly conducting um, more research on this topic. Uh, I think um, what's also um, very interesting is that at least when you join something that's um, t- completely new to you, mm-hmm. you not only grow as a member, but also as a leader. And you told me that uh, you joined the executive board for STEM Talk Magazine this year. How has that impacted you? And how do you think you've grown as a leader from that? Um, so yeah, I joined the executive board last year, actually, my first semester, um, and which was just another great thing to not only put on the resume, but it was also just like it allowed me to really see and do the change that I wanted to come about for right. the club. Um, because it's I like I really do care about the club and I want the best for it and especially with all these seniors have who have left it's it's the numbers are decreasing uh, so being a part of the executive committee allowed me to just give my voice in what I felt would help uh, for the club and it was a great opportunity for me and I it taught me a lot about what kind of is like in the background of clubs um, such as funding um, which is like actually a pretty big deal pretty big to get deal. funding to get the magazine printed and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so that's that's also super cool how like you've grown as a person and as, stu- as a student here on campus uh, through not only just the research, but um, you were able to find something uh, f- uh, to be able to be a part of to kind of um, continue this project. Uh, um, I guess a question for me would be just like a wrap up question. Uh, since you're coming from such a different background, for any other uh, incoming students or uh, new students looking to find research on campus or trying to get involved on campus, I guess what would be your like two cents on uh, like for them to try to get involved or finding uh, research or trying to get um, something uh, that they want to be a part of, like a niche that they want to be a part of? Uh, so my first piece of advice would be make sure you the research you're doing is something you're actually interested in right. um, because it 
it's a lot of time, the research. There mm-hmm. were nights where I was spending five-plus hours on it, especially once the end of the school year started to come and I had to wrap it up and put it down onto paper, write the research. Um, so even if you don't really have a passion for what you're doing the research on, it's going to feel more like an assignment mm-hmm. and less of like a learning opportunity. Right. Um, and I'd also say uh, give STEM Talk a try mm-hmm. because there's a lot of um, – people who love STEM and it's just a great way to meet people and a great way to put what you care about in the STEM world down onto paper. There's also a lot of diversity within STEM talk. And I think you've definitely touched up on that a lot. Uh, And uh, just another, um, I just wanted to add an extension question. Um, You're giving really great advice, but something that's uh, really tough, which is if you're involved in something, I think Vinayak and I have both been there. We've yeah. been in high school. We've participated in projects that are very in, um, intensive, and we've been like locked in. And we're like, "This is amazing. We want to continue this in college." Let's say you enter and you don't find the the resources like to continue exact, that exact resources, right? The exact resources, right. and but uh, I guess w- what what would you rec- recommend at least to encourage people to seek new new opportunities because mm-hmm. it's not. It's. I think it's a very um, important. Uh, it's an important uh, tie to freshman year, or at least like incoming years when you want to get involved in something. So how, like, when you went to involvement fair um, and other other instances when you were presented with a new opportunity, what advice would you give incoming students about joining new opportunities? Um, I would say definitely keep an open mind and try everything once. Um, I know like my freshman year going to the involvement fair, I probably gave my name and email for 20 plus clubs. I think most people probably do that. But I would say don't just ignore the emails you get a week later saying like, oh, this is our first meeting. Uh, You put your name down for a reason in the moment. And so I think it's definitely it's worth a shot to at least go to the first meeting of every club you put your name down for, especially if it's involving research like this. So you can continue with it. And if you've never done research before, that's okay. Uh, There's no age that you have to start at and there's no age you have to end at. Um, I think it's just it's like a really great opportunity and it's a great way to learn things that maybe you wouldn't have the resources to do or maybe learn something that no one knows the answer to yet. Um, And I think that's just so cool about it that you're finding the answers to something that hasn't been answered before. And UConn surely has um, a a very large platform slash resources for um, students to get involved on campus. So That's absolutely true. And also, uh, I, I think STEM Talk is one of the many ways to publish work. And I, I think that it is really uh, amazing that you're able to not just dive into something, but be able to present it in an approachable means to other students, other peers and mentors on campus. Right. So, Jacob, uh, thank you again so much for sharing your story with us sharing your transitions and um, especially as a sophomore um, I just wanted to um, remark on one like just one final open-ended question what do you see um, as like fu- like for at least for future directions for your project in both stem talk and um, possibly the research that you conducted in high school um, so I definitely will be sticking with STEM Talk for the remainder of my years here. Um, hopefully, continue with the executive board and 
get as many new members as possible so we can potentially be putting out one or two editions a semester even um and it's not just for journalists for anyone listening there's also editors photographers and graphic designers a lot goes into making a magazine um so it's really open for all different types of people and as for research um i'm definitely going to keep reaching out and find um even if it has to be at avery point that's okay um i just i definitely want to continue with this research and hopefully i'll be able to find something if not exactly coral bleaching at least something marine like involved something dealing with what's underneath the ocean or in the ocean um and just be able to continue with that that's that's really amazing uh thank you again and uh for anyone else uh that's listening and really interested in either STEM talk or uh, Jacob's uh, research from high school, we'll have his details down below. So you can always feel free to get in touch with him about any of that. So thank you again. This is the Yukon Honors Podcast, and we'll be back next week with a new story.